For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. Welcome to the She's Marked Podcast. I'm Hannah, a singer, writer, speaker, podcaster, and certified biblical counselor. I'm honored to be your host along this journey to stronger faith, holiness, emotional restoration and healing, and deliverance for the millennial woman. Join me as we press toward unpacking the heavy luggage of our hearts in pursuit of a life that is distinct, set apart, and built on the practical foundation of God's truth. She is walking in power. She's walking in freedom. Without a doubt, all will know that she's marked. Today we are going to be talking about layers of pain and we're going to be talking about the process of healing. Maybe you've had this experience where you have been healed by the Lord and you believe that he has healed you from some sort of emotional pain or anguish. You've experienced his deliverance and maybe what you expected from that was that your life, your situations, all of your circumstances were going to be turned around, eradicated. Maybe you believed that now that you are walking in obedience to Christ and you're walking in surrender, that you would have the strength to continually stand or combat or fight. And then you become confused or shocked when you find yourself slipping or you find yourself in a weak spot or you find yourself facing temptation. I want to talk a little bit about that today. Healing can be a process. It's not always something that happens instantly. Sometimes healing can be instant. I think about physical healings and I think about those types of healings being instant in certain scenarios. But to understand emotional pain, to understand mental pain is to know that prior to that healing, that pain was formulated over time. That pain is deeply rooted in so many instances. That pain comes with years or uh, an extended amount of time of conditioning. And so the Lord can, if you trust in him, and if you have faith in him, and if you cry out to him, he will heal you. However, you now have to walk in newness. And that is a process. Let's say you have been a person who battled addiction of any kind and you get clean from that, you now have to get accustomed to this new life, a new life that looks far different from the life that you were used to, a life that now does not involve that abuse of that substance that contributed to the addiction. You have to get used to life in a new way. You have to 
implements a certain level of discipline and intentionality. There are certain scenarios and certain people that you can no longer be around and be in certain environments that you can no longer be in. This new life requires new attention to detail. This new life requires new precautions, new habits, new practices. Those things have to be rebuilt. They have to be relearned. They have to be formed in order to maintain and uphold and live out the new life, the life that you desire, the life that is now required to maintain your healing, to maintain that freedom. And so getting back to matters of emotional and mental pain, you may feel sideswiped when triggers and pain resurface after you were convinced that you gave it to God and that he took it away from you. As you go along in your journey with the Lord, as he continues to heal and uncover different crevices of your heart, exposing them gently over the course of time so that he might continue to mend and rebuild you, you might feel triggers and pain. There may not have been a total healing for that time. And this is not that God doesn't do a complete work, but healing and relearning or reconditioning go hand in hand. So not only are you healed, you have to relearn. I think about the statement of being born again. Imagine that happening in the physical. For those of you who are parents or you have have siblings or you've been around children and you see the process of life, the process of human development, you see that one, it takes time for a child to develop and to mature. It takes time for a child to learn and grasp and understand. So they've been born, but it takes time for them to learn and adjust to life. And that doesn't mean that that stops at a certain point. We're always learning. We're always experiencing different facets of life that we have not experienced before. For my older friends, for those of us who are more seasoned in age, even though you have lived many years on the earth, you're now experiencing life as a seasoned person, as a senior citizen. You're experiencing life with an empty nest. You're experiencing life after retirement. Those things are still new to you. You're learning and adjusting to those new seasons. And so I want to speak to the reality that even when the Lord has healed us, there is relearning and reconditioning that has to occur. And sometimes when that relearning and that reconditioning occurs, we slip. We may not slip into the, the sins that once held us captive, but we make mistakes. Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And I just thank God so much for his grace and mercy that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But I want to speak a word of compassion to you. I have recently been reimmersing myself in the book of Matthew. I'm, my goal ultimately is to read through the entire New Testament. Now, I mean, in consecutive order. Have I read the New Testament? Yes. Um, I think there's very, very few parts of the New Testament that I have not read, but I want my, my one of my personal goals right now is to read through it consecutively from Matthew through Revelation. And so as I am navigating the book of Matthew, 
something that is really standing out to me in this season of my life as I read is the compassion of Jesus. I'm reading about the healings that he did, the countless healings that he did. And I'm paying particular attention to the instances where I see the scripture specifically says he felt compassion. He was moved with compassion. And this was always pertaining to the person who was in bondage, the person who was suffering, the person who was in need. He saw them, but he saw through them. So he wasn't just looking at the outward manifestation of the pain that was going on inside, but he was looking right through to their heart and he saw the root of the pain, the root of the neediness, the root of the depravity. He saw that and he felt compassion. He never turned his back. He never turned up his nose toward people who were sick, whether they were physically sick or spiritually sick or mentally sick. His word says that he came to save those who were lost. When the Pharisees were criticizing him for sitting and and having dinner and, and feasting with those who were considered sinners, he said he came to save those who were lost. The physician comes to tend to those who are sick. They don't tend to people who are well. And so reading about this compassion of Jesus reminds me so much of the story of the prodigal son. Maybe you are feeling riddled with guilt because you have backslidden or you're feeling riddled with guilt because you have been slipping and sliding on a slippery slope suddenly. And you're asking yourself, what has happened? Where did I go left? Why do I feel so numb to the things of God? Why am I constantly giving into my flesh and And you may be just draped with condemnation, condemnation that is causing you to not want to pray, to not want to read your Bible because you feel ashamed, you feel condemned. Maybe you feel angry at the circumstances around you that are really triggering you. A lot of things may be coming up to the surface and you feel out of sorts. I want to present this perspective to you. That while you may be hiding from the Lord, as Adam and Eve did in the garden, perhaps consider that he's looking on at you with compassion because he sees that those outbursts of anger or the escapist behaviors or the the hiding in shame, he sees that the root of that is brokenness. The root of that is rejection. The root of that is letdowns from those who you expected more from. He sees that in this season, you have been battered down maybe with grief, with loss. Maybe you've been battered down with physical sickness and ailments and life just was not supposed to be this way. He is not expecting you to come as a complete package. Yes, we are to work out our soul salvation with fear and trembling. We are to implement self-control. We are to move in sobriety. We have a responsibility as believers. But if we could do this thing in and of ourselves, we would not have a need for a savior. The book of Psalms, I believe it's uh, chapter 51, says a broken and contrite heart he will not despise. 
Now, if you are on this slippery slope of sin and you feel it turning into rebellion that is causing you to not want to repent, I would raise the red flag in that instance. And I know that right now your heart may feel hard, maybe because of hardships that you're living through. Life is tough. But I would admonish you to let the truth of God massage your heart again. If your heart is hardened because of what is happening around you. Don't be given over to rebellion to the point where you totally turn your back and you blaspheme the Holy Spirit by rejecting. Blaspheming the Holy Spirit is not just giving godly attributes to non-godly things or blaspheming can also be rejecting the work of Christ, rejecting the work of the cross, rejecting the work of the Holy Spirit, turning your back permanently. Don't do that. But if you are sinking right now in brokenness and you're sinking in confusion that, okay, if if I'm walking with the Lord, why are these triggers eating me up? Why are these these matters that I thought I was finished with. Why are they here again? Why does it feel like this again? Well, maybe consider this. There's another layer that needs to be dealt with. And God in his gracious, loving thoroughness doesn't want to leave that unchecked. I would urge you to pay attention to those things that are triggering you Pay attention to those areas where pain seems to be resurfacing. Pay attention to those things and say, Lord, I'm feeling the feels. Where is this coming from? I give it to you to heal me, to heal me more, to heal me again, to heal me deeper than before. Here it is. I'm surrendering it to you. I think of of this scenario When you go to a hospital, let's say you show up in the emergency room, the doctors can only begin working on you if you allow them. If you don't give them that hand that has a wound or a laceration on it, they can't begin to stitch it up. You have to give it to them. And so maybe I think that in scenarios where you thought God might have did a whole healing and something else just seems to be burning, maybe God wants you to give that thing to him. He wants you to willingly want to put it into his hands for him to work on it. This has nothing to do with God's ability to do a work. Jesus, in as I'm going, going back to my, my reading of the book of Matthew, Jesus healed the people that came to him. I think of the desperate parents who came to him and said, Lord Jesus, my son, my daughter, they're a lunatic. My son, my daughter, they're dead. My son, my daughter, they're sick. Heal them. Say the word. Come to my place. Heal them. As they extended to him, he then responded with the healing, whether it was a healing touch, whether it was a healing word. And so it's not that God hasn't healed you. It's not that he doesn't want to heal you, but he wants you to recognize and admit that you need healing. He wants you to recognize in humility and admit with your own mouth and with the pursuit and desire of your own heart that one, you need the healing and two, you are fully aware that he is the only healer. 
So don't be discouraged if you find yourself limping in a certain area. This is not to diffuse or take away what God has already done for you in the past. It is not to somehow arrive at the conclusion that God is not real. He has not answered your prayers. No, he has. And there are so many more prayers for him to answer should you bring them to him. You see, I believe that if God healed us instantaneously from every single thing and we no longer had any more struggles and we no longer had anything else to learn or learn from or learn through, that to a degree we would never understand the depths of our brokenness, the depths of sin and the depths of his love and his power. First comes the healing, then comes the filling. Healing is not the same as filling. Maybe God has healed you, but now he has to fill you. And as he fills you, you take on more of his image. As he fills you, you become whole. As he fills you, you begin to mend as he fills you. Where are you feeling hollow right now? Believer, where have you stumbled in this race? We will stumble in our race. It shows our humanness. It shows our weakness. And it shows our ongoing need for this Savior. Never doubt that you have been made new. The enemy will try to bring things back as a struggle. He will tempt you to default to old, familiar ways of thinking and feeling and speaking and perceiving. He will try to convince you that you are still that same person. He will tempt you with handling situations the way that you once did. He will tempt you with trying to self-soothe with the thing, the former things that you used to self-soothe with. But I want to remind you that if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. You are a new creation. This trip up, this stumble, this sore place is not an indication that you're not saved. It's not an indication that God has not been faithful or true to his word. But it is a constant and steady reminder that aside from Christ, we are nothing. Without Christ, we are nothing and that we can do all things only through Christ who gives us strength. Isaiah 53 verse 3 says, and this is the New Living Translation, he was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. He is well acquainted with your grief and your sorrows. He's acquainted with your loneliness. He's acquainted with it. It is not foreign to him. And I want to just again remind you that he's looking on you with compassion. I started off with reading Psalm 103, 11 to, I believe, verse 15 or 16. And it says again, for as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers we are dust. He knows your weaknesses. He knows them. 
But if you can maintain a fear of the Lord, even in your stumbling, if you maintain that fear of the Lord, rest assured that he's looking on you, he is pitying you, he has compassion on you, he has removed your transgressions from you, and he has great, great mercy toward you. Don't let the enemy make you stumble in condemnation. Don't let the enemy make you stumble in rebellion. See, when you become rebellious, you no longer fear the Lord. And that is a dangerous space to be in. But there's still hope for you so long as you turn, turn, turn. This is God's stance toward his children. This is his stance toward you. He knows that this journey is not easy. And it's not easy for us, but for him, all things are possible. So rest in the assurance that because you are in Christ, you are a new creature. Rest in the assurance that the Lord is looking at you with compassion. I encourage you to read the book of Matthew again and just pay attention to the healings that Jesus did. And in so many different verses, it says he looked on them and was moved with compassion. He looked on them and felt compassion. When he saw people in their states of brokenness and need, open up your hands and give him that pain. Give him that wound and trust that in his time and in his way, he's going to heal it. He's going to make you whole. He's going to fill you. Don't rack your brain in trying to be morally right. Rack your brain in living holy. Yes, you must live holy. You must exemplify the fruit of the spirit. Self-control. You must exemplify those things. This is not a ticket to just run wild with no regard. But as far as really trying to put in the good works to demonstrate your healing, you'll come up short every time because we are human. We make mistakes. Ladies, go in peace and go and rest. Until next time. That's it for today, but the journey continues. Visit She'sMark.com for more episodes, to make a donation, or to check out the Mark Life blog. If you found value in today's episode, please subscribe, tell a friend, and consider leaving a review. Remember, the word tells us that many are called, but few are chosen. As you go through this week, remember to walk as children of light.